Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. It's Jesus Plus nothing equals salvation. Here's your mathematic equation. I'm going to wait while everybody claps your hand there. It's Jesus plus nothing equals salvation. Don't add anything to it and don't take anything away from it. It's not Jesus plus tithing. Don't get me wrong. Go ahead and tithe. Praise the Lord by all means. Let the Lord use you. But it's not, that's not a work of righteousness on your part. It's Jesus plus nothing. Sola gratia. Latin, grace only. Sola fide, faith only. And sola scriptura, Latin for scripture only. It's all God. Don't add anything to it. Don't take away from it. And think about this. When you came to Christ, you were broke down, messed up sinner. So y'all say amen. Smoker, drinker, drug addict, prostitute, dancer. We ain't talking about with the stars either. Am I right about it? Liars, fornicators, thieves and robbers. You came to him as murderers. And yet God forgave you, didn't he? And he washed you, somebody say amen. And he showed you grace, somebody say amen. You came through the veil by grace. And now you have the nerve to sew it up and add to what God has already done. Don't do that. Don't try to invent your own system to God. Cain had an unbelieving heart, point number two. Cain is characterized by an unrepentant heart in verse five through seven. So as soon as Cain realized his offering was rejected by God, the Bible says his countenance fell. He couldn't understand why God would accept Abel's offering and reject his. Notice the Bible doesn't say that Cain told anybody how he felt. God then said, why are you so angry? Why has your countenance fall? What does that tell us? That tells us that God knows the heart. You don't have to tell anybody anything. You know, we think we're hiding from God because we don't say it with our mouth. God knows the heart. God said to Cain, why are you so angry? Why are you so angry? Why is your countenance falling in verse 6? God said, Cain, if you did what was right, you'd be accepted. I don't think God's telling Cain to go get the right kind of sacrifice. I think the Lord is calling him to change his heart and repent toward God. You don't hear that word repent in the church anymore, do you? don't hear that word very much. It's not like a dirty little word. Repent. You think of repent, you think of the guy on the street with the placard, you know, on the front and back, and he's walking around, repent, you sinners, you're all going to hell. People, you don't hear the word repent anymore. The word repent, what does it mean, pastor? Man, you guys are taught so well in this church. It means a 180, not a 360. 
Because if you do a 360, you'll turn right back to the way you were. That was profound. It means do a 180. It means turn around, change your mind, change your heart, change your lifestyle, go the other way. People don't want to repent. They want to rationalize nowadays, don't they? Well, Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven. That's an excuse. Well, I'm not as bad as I used to be. I heard somebody say that. Well, God's doing the work on me. I'm just a, he working on a building. He's just working on a building. I ain't bad as I used to be in comparison to what? (laughs) Uh, You used to be a murderer and now you're just a lying thief? (laughs) Oh, well, I guess you're right then. My bad. People, y'all need to open your ears. People are crazy. People say some crazy things. The Bible doesn't say rationalize. The Bible says repent. John's message was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus' message was repent. Unless you repent, you'll all likewise perish. Peter preached repent and let every one of you be baptized. Paul preached repentance that all men everywhere should repent. Repentance has always been the message of God and always will be. God wanted Cain to repent of his attitude toward God and to walk with God in faith and humility and submission like his brother Abel. And God said, verse 7, sin lies at your door and its desire is for you. God says sin is like a wild beast ready to pounce outside the door. The beast is waiting to pounce on Cain and devour him. And if Cain would come to God God's way, He can have power over that beast. And if he doesn't repent and honor God, sin will control him. It makes me think of real quick Samson. You know, Samson, a.k.a. muscle man, a.k.a. ladies man. You know, Samson was a he man with a she weakness. Delilah. Yo, remember Delilah. Delilah. This is great. Judges, you ought to read it. Delilah, she entices him to find out how to conquer him. And she asked him, she said, Sammy, where, Sammy, where do you get your strength? And then she says, so I can hurt you? Fellas, if a woman says to you, where can I, you, where do you get your strength so I can hurt you by a clue? Run, Forrest, run. She's telling him, and he's stupid enough. Say amen. Amen. Well, he told her, if you weave seven locks of my hair in a loom, then I'll be weak. And she takes a rope, and she ties his hand, and she ties his hair to a loom. And then Delilah yells out, the Philistines are upon us. And Samson wakes up, and he just walks off with the loom tied to it. I need a DVD. Walks off with the loom tied to his hair later while Samson was sleeping. While you were sleeping, Delilah cuts his hair. For Samson, watch this, saints, getting a haircut has gone too far. It's a bridge too far. Samson was a Nazarite. And part of the vow of a Nazarite was he was not to cut his hair. And the Philistines captured Samson, deported him to Gaza in shackles. Saints, disobedience to God has repercussions for you, for me, for Samson. Can I give you these quickly? Repercussions for Samson. 
deportation, incarceration, mutilation, and humiliation. Deportation, incarceration, mutilation, humiliation, deportation, they took him to Gaza. Incarceration, they bound him with bronze shekels. Mutilation, they gouged out his eyes. Humiliation, they set him to grinding. Grinding was a job for animals. So sin will bind you, sin will blind you, and sin will grind you. We learned that from Samson. Sin is always crouching. And that's why you got to guard your heart. Say amen. amen. Proverbs 4, 27, 23 through 27. Pardon me. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. And put away from you a deceitful mouth and perverse lips far from you. And let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet. That means watch where you're going. Watch who you're hanging around with. Watch what you're doing with your life and with your investments and with your time and with your talents. Ponder the path. That's a good verse. Ponder your path. And let all your ways be established. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. Write this down. Psalm 141.3. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the doors of my lips. I love that. And how many of you know you can always find the grace of God in the Bible? Samson's hair began to grow back and his heart began to go back to the Lord. God warned Cain. Sin is like a wild beast crouching at your door. And if he doesn't change and repent and honor God's God's way, then sin will control him. Cain's life, number one, is characterized by an unbelieving heart. Number two, Cain's life is characterized by an unrepentant heart. And then finally, in our outline, Cain's life is characterized by an ungodly heart. You know, I always tell you, I tell you often, that the heart of the matter, anybody know, is the? The heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. Jeremiah chapter 17 in verse 9. Can y'all read it with me? The heart is deceitful. Oh, I need everybody to read it with me. Come on. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Desperately wicked means the heart is incurable. Hmm? The heart is past remedy. The heart is terminal. The heart is deceitful like nothing else because it can deceive like nothing else. The heart is deceitful like nothing else because it can deceive like nothing else. Don't we hear people talk about follow your heart? People go, oh, well, what about this, pastor? What about that friend? This, that, whatever, whatever. Well, just follow your heart. Can I tell you something? That's a stupid idea. Can somebody say amen? amen. Don't follow your heart. Because the Bible says, people say the heart is good. The Bible says the heart is bad. People say follow your heart. God says don't follow your heart. Why? Because your heart is deceitful. Following your heart is a recipe for disaster. And there needs to be a whole lot less following the heart and a whole lot more following the Lord. Can two saints say amen there? Uh, wait while you clap your hands. Come on. Come on. The condition of the heart determines the course of life. The best, the beast of sin pounced on Cain, devoured his heart, devoured his conscience, devoured his love for his family. 
And while Cain and verse 8 and his brother were in the field talking, Cain murdered his brother. We're not told how. This is the first time anyone has seen anybody else die. Talk about first. Now, why did Cain kill Abel? Why did Cain kill Abel? You know what I think? I think Cain killed Abel because he was jealous. I think jealousy. Abel had something Cain did not have. Abel had a faith and a relationship with God that Cain did not have. And oftentimes, saints, when the world sees that you have a relationship with God, they might mock you. But many times they're jealous because they don't have it. So they might mock you. I told you when I was in the military, people used to mock me all the time. And I didn't care because I come from Philadelphia. I've been mocked all my life. All right. People are like, oh, you bullying me with your words. We don't know nothing about that. Bully me with your words. I'm mocked all my life. Yeah, I, I think my head was bigger than my body. They used to call me square head. I used to, I didn't care. I go, so? You know when you ain't got nothing to say. Because I'm like, so? Pizza face? It's bullying me all my life. When I went in the military, people, you know, oh, you Christian. They used to call me deacon. I told you this, Calvary Chapel. They called me deacon all the time because I would read my Bible. They would, lunchtime, they'd go have drinks. In the military, you have like two, three-hour lunch break. Anybody, military people, you know, am I right about it? Yeah, man, you got two, three hours. You can go home and, and build a house and come back and, and, and show up for muster. And are you here? Yes, I'm here. And go back home and begin to build again. So during lunch, people go and do all kinds of stuff, going out, drinking some brewskis and all of that stuff. I would stay in the office and read my Bible. And they used to call me deacon. They'd mock me while I'd walk by. Hey, hey, what that Bible had to say? <laughs> what is it saying? I say, don't worry about it. Get away from me, stupid. Because I was a nice Christian. <laughs> Get away from you, dummy. And they mocked me. <laughs> they were mocked. I'm being too... In the spirit of vulnerability. And they would mock me. I didn't care. You know why? Because guess what? When trials came, when troubles came, when situations happened, guess who they came to? Squarehead Deacon. <laughs> Not so square anymore. I think it reshaped or something. But it don't matter. Because, because people get jealous. They get jealous of something that you have, that they don't have. Verse 5 tells us that Cain was angry with God, whom, watch this, saints, he could not kill, and he was jealous of his brother, whom he could kill. Cain physically murdered his brother, but before Cain physically murdered his brother, how many of you know he had already murdered his brother in his heart? And Hebrews chapter 12 tells us, don't let a root of bitterness spring up. Bitterness, jealous, listen to me, I'm almost done. Bitterness, jealousy, envy, all in the same category. The word bitterness comes from the Greek word sticky. In other words, something that initially just made you angry grows into resentment and sticks to you until it's a root of bitterness, a root of jealousy. And once it sticks to you, it's trying, like trying to get gum out of carpet. Jealousy is the same. When you become jealous, it's hard to stop. Somebody gets jealous of a promotion and, or, or jealous of someone's house or, 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 or jealous that you got this and they don't have it. Jealousy is not only resenting what someone has, but it's also wishing they didn't have it. 
Did you pick that up? It's not only resenting what you have, but I wish you didn't have it. Sometimes you wish you had it. There's no place for envy, jealousy, and bitterness in the life of a Christian, right? And can I tell you something? There's no need for it. I'm almost done. There's no need for it. You know why? Because what God has for you, God has for you, and no one can take away what God has for you. What's for you is for you. You don't have to be jealous of nobody else. I learned this real quick. Can I tell you real quick? Real quick. Lee Sappington, that's my story. Y'all remember, I told you, Calvary. Lee Sappington, I was a youth leader back at Calvary Chapel years ago before I came here. And, and, and the youth ministry, me and Miss Alvarez do youth ministry, and when they asked us to take over the youth ministry, they had five and a half kids. And then after we took it over, yeah, five and a half, it was a half. And then once we took it over, they had 65 kids. We had so many kids, we were like, where are all these kids? We had little gang members coming. Little gang members. They were little, but they were gang members in California. And those gang members wouldn't do what their parents said. The dads would come up to me, the gang members, the little boys. Man, he won't do nothing I say, but Rodney, he'll do what you talk to him. I say, sure, why not? I tell him, look, I don't care if you're a gang, I'm from Philly. You can't take me, I can whoop you. All in my heart, I'm thinking, please don't send the Crips. Because <laughs> you got to look, you got to fake it till you make it. Okay. So I was like, I'm like, okay. So we had 65 kids, and then they asked a guy by the name of Lee Sappington to take over the youth ministry. I'm like, what? Are they, what? What's going on? Lee Sappington, he was serving somewhere, serving those handout bulletins or something, but he didn't know. I'm like, what? I mean, I worked hard. They had five and a half kids, now they got 65. And, and, and what's going on? And Lee Sappington, and then I got mad. Quite honestly, I got really angry because we worked really hard, and God used us in a great way to build up the youth ministry. And I was, God, I was really hot. And Miss Elvira, she could have talked me off the ledge. <laughs> so after a while, I'm like, you know what? She's right. You know, whatever. God knows. Eh, let me. I helped him in the transition, and he took over. And it wasn't very shortly after that that God began to speak to me in, in visions and dreams. Rodney, you're going to go to North Carolina. Rodney, you're going to go to the East Coast. And he began to show me what he had for me. Now, let me tell you this. If I had been so jealous and holding on to the youth ministry and what God was doing through Lee Sappington, I could never embrace what God wanted to do in me. In other words, you can't grab hold of a blessing until you let go of something else. Somebody say amen. You can't do it. You can't do it. You got to let go. You got to let go of that to grab hold. It's like a rungs on the, on the, on the, on the monkey bars, thank you. I need you here third service, all right? On the monkey bar. You can't get the next rung till you let go of the last rung. So what God has for you, God has for you. Somebody say amen. And God said, it got coming for landing. God said, Cain, where's Abel? Now watch this real quick. Genesis 3, 9, God asked the question, Adam, where are you? Genesis 4, 9, God said, Cain, where's your brother? And Cain said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Cain says, I'm not his shepherd. He's not my responsibility. Cain is saying to God, since you love him so much, why don't you keep up with him? Smart Alec. 
And then in verses 11 through 15, and I'm out, tells us the story of the, the rest of the story as Cain has a tragic end. Cain is punished by God. The ground is cursed for him. He can't grow anything. God is saying your sin has poisoned the earth against you. No matter where you go or how hard you work, the earth that swallowed up your brother's blood will stand in testimony against you. And in addition to that, you'll be a fugitive and a wanderer for the rest of your days. So I'm thinking to myself, you know, preachers always try to come up with like a 2020 New Year's message or the New Year's message or whatever. And they lament and labor over this thing generally. And after I'm done with this sermon, I'm, I'm thinking, man, I mean, you know, this is my New Year's message, the way of Cain. And then I thought about it and I thought, you know what, this is actually a good New Year's message. Don't go the way of Cain. Somebody say amen. amen. Don't walk the way of Cain. We all need a savior. And that savior came to us on Christmas morning. A savior is born and his name is Jesus. And he died on the cross to open a way of salvation for us. And the Bible says that if you come to God the way that God has planned and the acceptable way of God, your sins will be forgiven and you will be saved. But if you try any other way, you'll die in your sins. I am the way. Remember, I'm the only way. I am the way and counter distinction to all others. I am the only way. The truth, I'm the only truth. And in life, I'm the only provision and source of life. And that's a good 2020 message, I think. For us to know that God has provided a son. And that we should always, even as believers for many, many years now, some of us, we should always stay in that heart of humility and submission to God and obedience to God. The way to be blessed in 2020 is not to have a plan. Not to have a plan. I never, quite honestly, I never have a plan. I'm not a plan guy. I'm not a plan guy. People that work here at Calvary, they'll tell you I'm not a plan guy. <laughs> Don't y'all say it better. No. Okay. I'm not a plan guy. I'm like, hey, let's do this, people. And then all my planning people say, well, now, Pastor Rodney, we have to get a plan. <laughs> I'm like, well, that too. But let's do it. I'm not a planned guy, but I do think that we certainly could plan to be God's people in 2020, to be the people that, to, to walk, to make a new commitment, to, to be faithful to God and to the church, to make, wherever you attend, whatever church you go to, go there, go there. Go there on time. Get there on time in the morning. And, and for worship, worship's important to get your heart ready so you can hear the word of God. Some of you can't get, get it together. Some of you can't get, get moving on in your walk because you're missing worship. Yep, it is. You're missing worship. Worship gets that heart ready. So when the seed of the word of God is planted, your, bro- your hard heart is already broken up. And the seed gets planted, the word, the seed, the sower, the word gets planted in the heart and the Holy Spirit waters it and it brings forth fruit. 
Be faithful to God in 2020. Stop it with this up and down roller coaster thing you've been doing. It ain't got you know you're still the same place you were spiritually in 2019, ain't ya? Because you ain't doing it right. It's as simple as that. You ain't doing it right. What they say, the, 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 the definition of crazy is to keep doing things the same way and expecting a different result. You keep on with this wishy-washy, up and down, Christmas, Easter, church going, your Christer, Christmas, Easter, church going thing you doing. You want to be strong in the Lord and you want to be blessed in 2020, you got to do stuff God's way. And part of that is committing your whole heart, not your half heart to God. God does not want your half heart. He doesn't like half heartedness and nobody does. Is that all right? Y'all know I love you, right? God loves you more. Come on, come on. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at one 800 Two nine three zero nine two three. That's one eight hundred two nine three zero nine two three. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the media library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light, and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you. Be salt and light.